0: the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. Let's get ready to get into the Word of God. Anybody ready for the Lord to speak something to you today? Is there anybody here today that you need a fresh word from the Lord today? Now, I've been out of the pulpit for four weeks, and so now I've already preached my first message in the nine o'clock service. And I really believe that what I'm about to bring you is a word in season. It's not just a message. Church, I'm tired of having just messages. But I believe the Lord wants to speak something incredible to our life today. And so I want you to prepare your heart to receive. And so if you would, bow your head with me. Let's go to the Father God one more time in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, so much for this time that we come gathered together here and this at 11 o'clock service, Lord God. Father, this sanctuary is full, Lord God. There's many people here. There's people that I know and there's many people I don't know I haven't met yet. Lord, we have many that are watching online right now, Entirely across the globe, Lord. We got people watching in Uganda, people watching in Kenya, we've got people watching from Florida, from Washington State, from California. We got people from all over the globe watching right now. So, Lord God, I truly believe that you've given me a word to bring in season, Lord God. And Father God, this is a message here today, Lord God. For some, it's controversial, for some, it's offensive. But Lord God, nevertheless, this is the message that you're speaking today. So Father, I just pray this, that as we just take this journey into the Scriptures here today, Lord, that you will give us all the ears to hear what you want to hear, what we can take away and apply to our life. Lord, let us see what you want us to see. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said with me today, amen and amen. I want you to open up your Bible with me here to the book of John. Now, how many of y'all remember pre-digital age? Uh, you know, those you that are probably 40 and over, 45 and over, anybody remember writing a letter? Anybody remember those days that if you wanted to communicate something, you'd get out of some paper and a pen and you'd write the letter? Anybody remember, you know, you'd, you'd write the letter, you wrote what you wanted to say and you signed your name off on it and then all like, oh, wait a minute, I forgot something. And so what would we do? Y'all remember those days? ps ps because you wanted to, there was something more I had to say, but and, and so if you would allow me to hear this morning, I fully intended on launching into a series uh, for the month of August, but I, I could not get away from our real voices and so today I want to bring you a ps real voices message today because It was three weeks ago, as I sat over here during the service, during our Real Voices uh, series. How many of y'all enjoyed the Real Voices? Did y'all enjoy that? I mean, we had some great speakers there. We had seven speakers bring some incredible messages there. Powerful message. Every one of them was just power packed. We had things to take away from that. But I was sitting there three weeks ago as Christina May and Scott Allen, a friend, my good friend Scott Allen, was preaching. The Lord began to download this message into my heart that I'm about to bring you today. And I've really been praying about this because I kept thinking, you know, there would pe- people would hit different pieces of my message and I kept struggling with the Lord, Lord, do you? I'm ready to move on, but I really felt like the Lord said, no, I'm gonna speak something into this congregation. And so if you would allow me to here for these next few moments, I really need you to strap in and I really need you to avoid distractions. Those of you watching online right now, there's gonna be some things trying to distract you. But I really need you to hear something today, all right? So nudge your neighbor and tell them, get ready. Here we go. So if you would, turn with me to the book of John, chapter one. John, chapter one. And I want you to see something here that I just, as I mentioned a moment ago, that I have not been able to shake. John, chapter one. I want you to look at this, and starting out in verse 19, I'm reading in the New Living Translation and it says this, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? Now let me stop there. I'll continue to read here in just a moment, but uh, I really don't have a lot of time to go back in and set this passage up for you. But the man referred to as John in this verse is John the Baptist. Now, those of you that know Bible history or know the story of Jesus you will immediately recognize that John the Baptist was related to Jesus. there were cousins. John the Baptist was born, I don't know, six months or so before Jesus was born. And so just to cut to the chase here, John the Baptist had been preaching the gospel message, had been preaching something. And it was something that was so significant that it caught the attention of the temple leaders. It caught the attention of the Pharisees. It caught the attention of the church of that day. And so the church of that day had sent this delegation to John because the thing about John, John was not a typical preacher. John was not a guy that drove a nice car and, and wore all the nice clothes. He was a guy, you could say it this way, he, he could have been from, the, from the, the sticks of Oklahoma. I mean, his meal didn't consist of steak and potatoes. His meal consisted of locusts, you know, grasshoppers, and honey. He wasn't wearing a nice outfit, nice shoes. I mean, the dude was wearing camel skins. He didn't look like a preacher. But there was something about what he spoke that got people's attention. And so, here in this verse, in this passage of scripture, we see this delegation showing up and asking John, Who are you? Verse 20. John, he came right out and said, He said, Listen, guys, I'm not the Messiah. Because this is one question, because see all the Jewish people, they've been taught all their life that there'd be a day that the Messiah would show up on the scene, that, that the, the anointed one, the chosen one would show up and he would bring about the kingdom of God. And so they showed up and first thing John said, listen guys, I'm not Jesus, I'm not the Messiah. Verse 21, they said, well then, who are you? They asked, are you Elijah? What did he say? No, he replied. They ask, are you the prophet that we are expecting? What do he say? No. Verse 22. Then, who are you? They said, we need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? I want you to see this. This is where I wanted to get to in this passage. Verse 23. John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah. He said this, now he's actually quoting Isaiah chapter 40, the first few verses of Isaiah chapter 40. He said this, he said, "'I am a voice shouting in the wilderness.'" What? "'Clear the way for the Lord's coming.'" What was John saying? Basically, John, I truly believe was saying this, "'I'm really nobody special. I'm not Jesus that you're looking for. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not a prophet. I am just a guy that's saying something. And I'm not saying just anything, but I'm a guy that's got a voice that's telling my generation, get ready, get ready. Prepare the way of the Lord. What does that have to do with us here today on August 2nd of 2020. I don't know what your end time theology is. I'm not even sure if I know what mine is. We're living in interesting times. We're living in a world that's messed up. We're living in such a time of strife and division. People are looking for answers. Now, I don't know what God is up to. I do believe he's up to something because in all this mess, I believe God is not absent. I believe that God hadn't forgot about us. I simply believe that we are being set up for something absolutely incredible. I, I, honestly, I don't know if, if the rapture's getting ready to happen. I'm not here to debate that. I just, I don't know. I'm not standing on the stage as an expert saying that this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, so Jesus is coming back here in eight days. I'm not saying that. I am saying this. I believe because of the way I know the way that God has moved in the past, I believe that there is going to be, that we're on the verge of the cusp of something absolutely a spiritual awakening, revival. I don't know. I just believe we're on the verge of something incredible for the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was sent for a time and he was said, I'm just a voice, but I want you, everybody that's hearing my voice right now, John was saying, get ready. This is what I believe that the Lord, I believe this is a prophetic word for us as the church today. I'm not saying just World Harvest Church, but I'm saying for us as a church as a whole. I believe that God is saying, where are the voices that are saying, prepare the way of the Lord today? Where are the voices that are declaring the goodness of God today? Listen, are you a John the Baptist in this world today or are you like the other temple leaders around that time? Are you just adding to the rhetoric of the day? I believe that God is looking for voices to prepare the way. My concern, though, I really want to be honest with you here this morning as I stand on this pulpit today, my concern is this, that there are way too many voices, let me rephrase that, there are way too many Christian voices, God-fearing voices that are being used for the wrong ways today, though, in our culture. And over this last several weeks, I've been hearing a lot of voices and some of the voices that I've been hearing, I've been hearing people say, well, you know, mask work. I've been hearing other people say masks don't work. I've been hearing people say, so wear your mask. I've been hearing other people say, there's no way I'll ever wear a mask. I've been hearing people say, you know, COVID is a hoax. And I've heard other people say, well, COVID is serious. How are we supposed to know what's true? Because for every argument you've got, I've heard arguments on the other side. And here's the new one that I'm just looking at. I'm just shaking my head. I've heard people say, well, isn't it gonna be amazing that when the election comes that COVID's gonna magically just go away? Like COVID's tied to some political party. Now, I believe COVID is serious. We have a lady in our church in her early 40s, a mother of several kids, Absolutely no other health concerns. She for 15 days went through a living hell because she had COVID. She, she had it so bad, she was making her funeral plans. She didn't think she was gonna make it. Is, uh, is, and November, whatever, is it gonna just go? I think that's ludicrous. But this is what people are saying. We've got a real issue and we think it's all tied to a political party. Lord, help us. Listen, we've got people that are saying, you know, be cautious. We've got other people saying, live the life you want to. We've got people saying, hey, black lives matter. We've got other people saying, well, all lives matter. We've got people saying that writers should be shot at the point. We've got other people saying, well, listen to what they're saying. We've got people saying, tear down the monuments. We've got other people saying, the monuments are a part of our history. Who's right? Who's right? There's a lot of voices going on right now. But I think that we as the body of Christ, it's time that we move up to a higher realm. See, John the Baptist basically was saying this. He says, you know what? I'm nobody special, but I've got a voice. And what was he using his voice for? He was saying, prepare, get ready. God's coming. The Messiah's coming. Get ready. I want to ask you a very serious question. How have you used your voice lately? How have you used it this last week? Have people seen the love of God in your voice or has your voice simply created more strife and division and divisiveness? I want to look at another scripture here in Revelations chapter 12. In Revelations chapter 12, and there's the last book of the Bible, but I want you to see something very powerful and I believe that this is something that the Lord is saying to us today. Luke, excuse me, Revelations chapter 12 verse 10 says this. He says, then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. This is verse 10. It has come at last, salvation of power in the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Listen, church, there is a real devil out there. And he's out to seek, to kill, to steal, and to destroy your life. So this is the reference, I believe, to the enemy that we face today. Verse 11, it says, but they have defeated him. Come on, somebody. The enemy's been defeated in your life. Come on, the enemy's been defeated in your life today. Come on, I want you to say that with your own voice. Say, the enemy's been defeated in my life. Come on, say it again. Say, the enemy is defeated. Let's go on here, and it says here, "And and they have defeated him. They defeated him how? Two things. Help me out, church. What? The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the lamb. What is that? The blood of the lamb, Kinsley talked about it during our our communion time. The blood of the lamb represents who we are in Christ. Come on, we're sons and we're daughters of the most high God today, amen? Amen. Come on, with the blood of Jesus covers over us, we are covered, that's who we are in Christ. So we defeat the devil by who we are, but what's the second part of that? And by their word, and by their, New King James says the word of their testimony. It says by their testimony, they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. They overcome by what? The blood of lamb. And by what else? Come on, help me out, church, what? The word of our testimony. Let's talk about this just for a moment here. There's power in your testimony. There's power in, we all have a story to tell. What is a testimony? A testimony defined as simply a witness of something that you saw or experienced a witness of something that you saw or you experienced, let me tell you, we all have a story to tell. Now, I'm just kind of curious. Let me take a quick poll here today. Just give me some response. How many of y'all love Jesus today? Amen. Amen. Let me ask you this. How many of you at some point in your life, as you look back in the history of your life, the years, the months, the week, the days, how many of y'all can look back in your life and say, you know what, God did something cool in my life back then? Come on, where, where, where are my people at that's got a testimony today? Let me tell you, some of y'all are alive today because of God delivered you. And the cool thing about it is, you don't know all the, the, the protection that God brought your way just the last few days. Some of y'all, man, the devil was gonna take you out and you never even knew it, but the angels kept that car away from that intersection when you was driving through our kids, whatever it may be. I think we experience miracles every day that we don't even realize. There's an accuser of the brethren out there today that wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy our life. But he says we can defeat him by what? How? By who we are in Christ. That's, that's Jesus' part. But by what else? Our testimony. Our testimony. Our testimony. Three weeks ago, as I sat over there, as Scott Allen was preaching, he said something so profound, I haven't been able to shake it. He said this, he said, a man with experience is never at the mercy of someone with an opinion. Let me say that again. A man with an experience is never at the mercy of someone with an opinion. And let me tell you, there's a lot of opinions out there right now, but a man with experience, a man has experienced the presence of God, a man or woman that experienced a miracle in their life, a man or woman that knows the goodness of God, we will never be at the mercy of somebody. Well, God doesn't do that anymore. God can't heal anymore. Really? Let me tell you about so and so. God can't heal anymore. Let me tell you about my mother-in-law. You know. Let me tell. Let me tell you about uh, uh, a molested case. Let me. Let me tell you about people here in our church that has experienced the healing power of God. A man with experience is never at the mercy of someone with an opinion. Our testimony is powerful we defeat the devil with our testimony see i believe god is bigger than anything that you will ever experience in your life come on i believe that if you're here today and you've been divorced before and you're going through a divorce right now i believe god's bigger than that and god can heal your heart and he, 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 you don't have that old bum in your life anymore god's gonna bring you a better one in jesus name amen or he can save the one that you got, whatever. I'm just saying, God is bigger. What does your testimony do? Your testimony will will eliminate shame in your life because you may come in today and you're like, you know what, Pastor, I just, you know, I've been through a bankruptcy and I'm a little ashamed of that. Well, I believe God's bigger than bankruptcy. Well, Pastor, I've been addicted before. I believe God's bigger than any addiction that you'll ever face in your life. God, I'm dealing with this sin. I believe God's bigger than that sin in your life. Let's get free and let's start talking about the goodness of God in our life. Amen. Come on, our testimony will set us free. And and this is what I want you to see, secondly, of this that our words are very powerful. Y'all remember the old elementary adage from years ago sticks and stones may break my bones. Y'all remember the rest of that? How stupid. Dear Jesus, some of the worst wounds I've felt in my life are from words. Sticks and stones. Listen, give me sticks and stones over some of the words that's been spoken to me before, amen? Anybody else with me here today? I want you to see something here in the book of James, James chapter three. James chapter three and verse two, I love what the writer writes here in verse two. He starts out and says "Is indeed, we all make mistakes. If we could control our tongue, we would be perfect. We could also control ourselves every other way. Now this is New Living Translation, verse three. Let me read several of these verses here. Verse three. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. How many of y'all ever rode a horse before? Isn't it crazy you can take that big old horse and just with a little piece of metal in his mouth, you can control what that horse does. Verse four, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong, verse five. In the same way, notice this, in the same way. Somebody say in the same way. In the same way, the time, the is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. My goodness, have I seen that happening lately. Verse six, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. Verse eight, but no one can tame the tongue. It is relentless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Church, how many times have I seen that verse right there? Verse 10, and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Verse 11, does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Verse 12, verse 12. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. You can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. There's just a few things, just on side note, that I just want to observe from this passage of Scripture. Uh, first of all, our tongue gives direction to our life. It sets us on a course. The words of our mouth, the words of our mouth, listen, they're powerful. He said, just as you can control a horse with a bridle, a ship with a rudder, that's what our tongue does. It gives direction to our life. The direction that you're going in, is started from what you're speaking out of your mouth. In other words, you don't like the direction, start saying something different out of your mouth. That's a whole nother message. Another thing I want to see, number two is this. Uh, uh, what we say out of our mouth brings life or death. Brings life or death. Proverbs eighteen twenty says there's life and death in the power of our tongue. You remember that scripture in James I just read? It says, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely my brothers and sisters, that's not right. We, we praise God at one moment and we're cutting somebody else, tearing somebody else down in the other, other moment. He said, this isn't right. We're speaking life one moment, speaking death the other moment. Choose a side. Either speak all death so we can really deal with you or get in faith and start speaking life. In Jesus' name, amen. The third thing that I see in that past scripture, again, every one of these, it could be a different message, but our tongue, our words are simply evidence of what's on the inside of us. What we bring forth out of our mouth, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I've heard it said this way, out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth leaks. (laughs) But he's talking about the tongue, the power of our tongue. I truly believe that the ability to control our tongue is a sign of maturity. It's a sign of maturity. You know what a lot of this rhetoric that I hear so much going on today it reminds me of? It reminds me of those days back when our kids were small and we'd go on trips. You know, I had four kids, twins, and it is inevitable, to, not too long, you'd hear one of them say, Daddy, 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 Brandon touched me. Or, you know, Bryce took my toy. And it's just like, I, you, you know, as a parent, you come on, you know what I'm talking about. Like, kids, there's bigger problems than somebody being in your space. This is kind of what all this mess reminds me of right now, all this bickering, this, this, all this division. People throwing digital rocks at each other. It's like, I'm a, I just want to get on there and say, come on, people, Grow up. Grow up. I believe that God wants to take us to a higher level of of acting, a higher level of thinking, and it's a way of the kingdom, the kingdom of God, the way the kingdom of God operates. Amen? Anybody with me here in this church? See, because I believe that what our world needs today is Jesus. Man, I got people, I hear voices saying, well, wait till the election happens. Let me tell you what's going to happen at the election in November, and this is not necessarily prophetic. It's going to get crazier even after the election. Uh, just because we vote doesn't mean it's all gonna go away, all the mess, it's gonna get even uglier. I believe that we're living in times. Are we in the last days? I don't know, we could be. Are are, are we moving to a one monetary world system? We could. I've learned all my biases isn't gonna change it. And if it's God's plan, why the bucket anyway? You know what I'm saying? Anybody else with me here today? Uh, Yeah. There's just a lot of weird stuff going on right now. And if we're not careful, we'll get pulled down into the mess of it. When I believe God's saying, come on, let's move up to a higher level. Let's let's move above the rhetoric. There's something more important in this time. And let me say this. If God is really about to do something, where are the voices like John the Baptist? Where, let me get more real. Where are the voices at World Harvest Church that are declaring God's goodness? Will you be that voice? Or will you stay in the rhetoric of it all? See, I believe there's a principle that we gotta understand. Jesus said this in John chapter 12. Look at it with me. John chapter 12, real quick. John chapter 12, verse 32. Jesus speaking here, he said this. A simple principle, a kingdom principle. He said, and when I am lifted up from the earth, he said, I will draw everyone. Come on, help me out, what? Y'all see that? When I am high and lifted up on the earth, I'll draw them in. New King James says, die unto me. I'll draw them to me. Now, that was a direct reference to him being raised up on the cross, but I believe he's still saying that today. If you will lift me up, if I be lifted up, let me tell you, church, what the answer to all the mess we're in right now is just Jesus Christ. But who is willing to lift up Jesus in our world today? I hope every one of y'all saying in your heart right now, Pastor, I'm willing. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because when I look at all the rhetoric going on right now on social media, I'll be honest with you, I, have, I don't know if I've seen anybody magnifying Jesus very much. They're trying to magnify everything else. See, the principle is this. What you give attention to magnifies, right? Come on, everybody knows what this is, right? A magnifying glass. What does magnifying glass do? It enlarges. It enlarges. You know, when we, a magnifying glass used properly helps you see things. And the, the older that I've gotten, the more that I realize I need magnification to help see things. Anybody else with me here today in this church? Amen. But we magnify. Jesus said, if I be, can I say it this way? If I be magnified, I'll draw people. Whose responsibility is it to draw people according to that scripture? Jesus. But whose responsibility is it to lift him up? Come on, say it's my responsibility. Let me read you something else here in Psalms chapter 34. Psalms chapter 34, verse three says this, New King James, it says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us, come on, help me out, church, read it with me. Let us exalt his name together. Can I read you this passage? out of the Passion Translation. Let me read you four verses here of Psalms 34. Psalms 34, verse one says this, Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. Come on again, let me ask you a question. How many of y'all has God done something for? Anybody? I like what he says. I'm bursting forth with that, with what you've done for me. My lips are full of, he didn't just say praise, he said what? What's perpetual mean? It means something that is ongoing, full of perpetual praise. Verse two, I'm boasting of you all and, and all your works, so let all who are discouraged take heart. Is anybody discouraged in this world today? Oh yeah, there's a lot of people. Verse three, join me, everyone. Let's, come on, help me out, what? Praise the Lord together. I like this. Let's make who famous? Come on, let's make who famous? Him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Verse four. Listen to my, come on, help me out, church. Listen to my what? Testimony. I cried to God in my distress. He answered me and he freed me from all my fears. What would it be like if we who love Jesus, who believed in Jesus, what would it be like If we decided to do what John the Baptist did and start being a voice in our world, instead of voicing our biases, what would it be like if we started magnifying Jesus? How do you do that? Let me just give you a little example. I believe for me, it's just the way I think here in just... A couple of weeks on the 20th of this month, Tammy and I are gonna be celebrating 20 years of marriage. Excuse me, let me try that again. On the 20th, we're gonna be celebrating 32 years of marriage. Thank you for those that are happy about 32 years of marriage. Let me tell you a little bit about Tammy. I fall in love with her more every day. Every year that we have, I always, every year around our I think, how can I love her more? And I find myself doing that. Tammy, she's the best cook ever. I I struggle with my weight. It's not because I have a weight problem. It's because I have a Tammy food problem. Let me tell you, chocolate chip cookies, you haven't had a chocolate chip cookie until you've had Tammy's. Apple pie, when it comes to apple pie, I feel sorry for all you other husbands. Apple pie. Now, what am I doing? I'm building her up. I'm lifting her up. How am I doing that? I'm talking about her goodness, what she does. How are we going to magnify Jesus? Let me tell you how you're going to magnify him. Start talking about his goodness. Talking about what he's done for you. Talking about how he saved you. Talk about how he helped you in a time of need. Just some of the testimonies in my life, I mentioned a moment ago, Back many years ago, my mother-in-law, Wanda, over here, she was healed from cervical cancer by applying the word of God in her life. She was diagnosed with cancer, got a a clean bill of health after several months because she applied the word of God. Let me tell you, God did that. My, my father-in-law, Don, sitting right beside him, he didn't even believe in the miraculous power of God, and God touched his leg. The doctors were going to amputate his leg because gangrene had overtaken his leg from an injury that it had. But suddenly, God showed up, showed off his life. His leg was completely healed, completely restored. He's still walking on that leg the best that he can today. That's my God. My God did that. Seven and a half years ago, my oldest daughter, Brooke, who was here singing on stage, it was living in Oklahoma City at the time. She was traveling up here. She was uh, several months pregnant with our granddaughter, our first grandbaby, Hadley. She's coming up Highway 74, got a little close to the edge. Y'all know how there's no shoulders on Highway 74, dropped a tire off of her Ford truck and flipped that Ford truck four times, end over end over in, in fact, this is a picture of that truck over seven and a half years ago. That's what it looked like when it came to rest. Let me tell you, she pretty much walked away from that accident with barely a scratch. Even the highway patrolman told Kinsley, said, it is an undeniable miracle that your wife, my daughter, and my grandbaby walked away from that wreck. Let me tell you, that's my God. My God delivered her. What is that? I'm talking about the goodness of God. I know somebody's saying, well, pastor, I don't have stories like that. Let me tell you, I bet you you do. Pastor, I've got tragedy in my life. You know what? I bet you you could find goodness in it somewhere. Somehow, somewhere. Search your life. Now, this is what I want to land on. I wanna challenge everybody that's hearing my voice right now. Those of you that are in the sanctuary, those of you watching online right now, I wanna challenge you with a seven-day real voice challenge. My challenge is this. For every one of you that have a social media account, for the next seven days, my challenge to you is post something that magnifies God. If it's testimony, great. We're gonna post this uh, slide on our online accounts there that you can see that. Find a way to share your testimony. Find a way just to talk about the goodness of God every day for the next seven days. For the next seven days. About a breakthrough, a testimony, how God showed up in your life somehow, some way. That's my challenge. For all you that are on social media, I challenge you to do it. Avoid the rhetoric, magnify God. If you're not a social media person, this is what my challenge to you is. Share something good about God with somebody every day for the next seven days. How many of y'all will take my challenge on? Anybody here in the church, will you take my challenge on? Will you take my challenge? Do it, do it. I just, where's the voices? Where's the voices that are magnifying God? There's enough of those other voices out there today. Amen, I want you to stand to your feet with me here. I really believe that the Lord is stirring something. He's speaking to each one of us here today. If you don't like my message today, blame God. <laughs> I just really believe this is just the Lord is stirring this in my heart strongly. But see, I, I, I face the same dilemma that every one of us face in this. What, what, what's the right? What's the answer? What's the response? The oh, Lord, just showed me so clearly, listen, use your voice to prepare my way, not add to the rhetoric would you just close your eyes here and let me pray over you? Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your power, Lord. You're still alive. Lord, you still very much want to manifest in this crazy moment that we're in here in our city, in our state, or nation, Lord God. So, Father, we just yield our will, our ways, Lord, I know there's been moments we've all been caught up in the rhetoric and our opinions and our biases. Lord, you didn't call us to add to the problem. Lord, you've called us to bring an answer. Lord, I don't know what that looks like in some of these areas, but all I know is this, that I can talk about your goodness. I can talk about what you've done for me. I can talk about your love. So Lord, as we come to the end of this service today, Father, I just ask you speak to every heart, every life. Lord, I I, I wanna be able to say like John the Baptist did. When I'm asked, who are you? (laughs) Hey, I'm really just a nobody, but I am a voice that's declaring into my world. Jesus is coming Jesus is good Jesus is love he's peace Lord use me to point people to you Jesus name I want us to say a bold prayer here just all together just under your breath I want you to say this with me say dear heavenly father help me to move up to a higher level Lord my voice is powerful Lord God, you've healed me, you've delivered me, you have led me, and you have brought me to where I am right now. So Lord, help me over these next seven days to be your mouthpiece. Declare what you're saying into my world. Come on, say this, say, I'll speak of your goodness. I'll speak of your mercies. and I'll speak of your ways. In Jesus' name. Just keep your head bowed there if you would, please. I really want you just to really reflect in this last 30 seconds to a minute, just Lord, what are you speaking to me in this? I think the Lord has already spoken many things to many people. What is he speaking to you? And as you're doing that, let me just ask this question. Is your life right with Jesus? Maybe you've never surrendered your life to the Father God made him your Lord and Savior. And maybe one time you did that, but you let the things of this life pull you away from that relationship. Listen, if that's you, I want to pray for you. In fact, those of you that are here in the sanctuary, if that's you, if you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus, if you're not sure, would you just raise your hand and wave it at me right quick and just put it right back down? Is there anybody here at all today? Anybody at all today? Those of you watching online, thank you. Thank you for that one. Raise your hand in the sanctuary. Those of you online, just put it in the chat if you want. Thank you for that other hand right over there. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else you're not sure about your relationship with Jesus right now? We've had several hands, several hands. Listen, i want us to all say this prayer together where you can hear yourself. Those watching online, I want you to pray it out loud to you. Come on, let's all say this prayer. Say, dear Heavenly Father, my life is yours today. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me for living my life the way that I wanted to. Lord, I believe that you died in the cross just for me. So Lord, I believe in my heart that you did it for me and I receive it now. My life is yours, Lord Jesus. And I commit to you this life of mine for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer and you really meant it, that's all it took right now. So prayer team, where are you at? If you'd come. Jonathan Waddell, I'm gonna have you come close us out in prayer. Listen, let me mention this. If you said that prayer and you really meant it and you're here in the sanctuary, Jonathan's getting ready to dismiss us would you please come down to the front, tell one of the prayer team members here and say, I said that prayer with the pastor because they want to pray with you and just speak a blessing over your life a little bit further. Also, if you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, we believe in the power of prayer here at this church. So if you need prayer for anything in your life, as soon as he dismisses here in just a moment, don't go out those back doors. I want you to come down here to the front. Let the prayer team pray with you here today. Listen, we love you. So good to be back with you. Your best days are ahead of you. Amen. Amen. Give somebody a little soft high five or a fist bump or an elbow. Let them know, man, I'm going to live this message today. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus through the real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestenit.com connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestenit.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.